0: God is good. God is always good. I always love to see the, the youngsters as they, they grow in children's church and progress. It's really nice to be able to award certificates to them for a job well done. Praise God. Praise God. Well, with today's message, I want to start with a little, uh, a little background. The other day I was thinking about when we went on a cruise to the Bahamas, and I was thinking about how that massive cruise ship on such a vast ocean with no land in sight, then at nighttime, nothing in sight but the stars, could know where it was heading. On this huge cruise ship, and I remember especially going out on the balcony one night and looking out, the, the, uh, the room that we had was on the outer part of the ship, and you could go out on this little balcony and actually look out from your room and looked up at the stars, and it was kind of overwhelming. I mean, did the stars, if you've ever been in a really totally black space where there's no land around, or go to Montana, for instance, it's just beautiful, the stars are just kind of, it was overwhelming. And that's why I'm thinking about this huge ship out there in the ocean, how does it it know where it's heading? How does that big ship with nothing that I could see keep it on course? The ship, of course, has no mind of its own, so obviously someone had programmed the destination for the ship in. It doesn't take much to imagine what would happen if that ship veered off course and didn't make it to the Bahamas. In other words, the course to the Bahamas had been all set. It had all been programmed in, and all the captain of that ship had to do was to monitor the controls and to make sure that the ship just simply stayed on course, on the course that had been programmed in. Now, since this was going through my mind and everything and I was focusing on this trip to the Bahamas and quite visually I could remember how it looked in that vast ocean, I started wondering, well, Lord, are you trying to tell me something about this? Why am I thinking about this? Why am I dwelling on this now? Obviously, besides the obvious, you know, why why, why are you, you, you bringing this back to memory? And indeed he was. He was indeed trying to tell me something. The course that that ship had been on had been programmed in and set, managed to get that huge ship to its destination without problem. So what God was impressing upon me was that while that ship had a course, we also have courses in our lives. We have courses in our lives that take us through where God wants us to be. But in the meantime, Satan is right there to want to keep you off course. God has a course for your life, but Satan wants to keep you off course. He wants to keep you off course by keeping you aware of and always driven by earthly things, driven by the senses, sickness, financial matters, worries about your life. Satan wants to keep you off course, keep you off balance. God wants you on course with his kingdom in heavenly matters, such as, for instance, we walk by faith, not by sight. That's a course God wants us on. And with things like by his uh, with Jesus stripes, I am healed and to cast your cares upon the Lord. These are courses that God has set in our lives. But in the meantime, Satan wants you off course. God wants you on course and elevated to heavenly places. So what is it that we must must do in our lives to stay the course? If God has given us a course and we know that Satan is trying to keep us off course, what is it that we must do? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4. Always to the word of God. 2 Corinthians 4. Thank you, Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter four. The courses of life stay the course. Chapter four, verse number one. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy. Mercy we fate not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty not walking in craftiness nor uh, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if your gospel be hid, it is him to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, unless the light of the glorious gospel of, of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. So the key verse here is verse number four, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. The phrase God of this world or God of this age, as the New King James Version says, indicates that Satan is the major influence on the mindset that is expressed by the ideals, opinions, goals, hopes, and views of worldly people. The thoughts, the ideas, the speculations and false religions of the world are under Satan's control and have sprung from his lies and, and deceptions. So when the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world, it is not saying that he has ultimate authority. He is not God at all. It is conveying the idea that Satan rules over the unbelieving world in a very specific way. That's where he's in charge. In the case of 2 Corinthians 4.4, the unbeliever follows Satan's agenda. According to that verse, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Those that are unbelievers, he's blinded their minds. They just cannot see. They will not see the truth so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ. Satan's agenda includes pushing a false philosophy onto the unbelieving world. He puts a false belief system onto those that don't, be, don't believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He puts out a false philosophy that blinds the unbeliever from the truth. Satan's philosophies are the fortresses in which people are imprisoned, needing to be set free and brought captive to Christ in obedience to the truth. And it all starts with, this, with uh, direction or a course. It starts with a direction or a course. However, the easiest way to keep a person off course is to give him two courses. If you've got a course set and you determine that you're going to go this way, the easiest way to get you off course is to present you with another direction, to take you someplace else. You lose direction or your course, you, you, your course gets so distorted that you can't go where you were originally tended. Of course, our course needs to be focusing, focusing on God. And where might that second course direction come from? Well, it would come from the devil himself. How can the devil give you a second course to keep you off course? He gets you to focus on something else instead of what God told you. He gets you to focus on something else instead of what God told you. That's how he gets you off course. He doesn't want you to focus on things in heavenly places. He wants you off course, off course. but we've got to stay the course. And that's the title of today's message. Stay the course. At all price, at all cost in your life, you need to stay the course. You can't give up. Go to Genesis 2. Genesis 2. And if you see how, you see how the devil so tactfully for want of a better word, gets in to bring secondary courses into, into our lives and also knowing that he's the God of this world in accordance with uh, Second Corinthians two, Second Corinthians Corinthians 4.4. Look at how he's taken over the system today, the worldly system. Look at what's happening in terms of, if you will, philosophy or, 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 or look at the colleges today. Look how the colleges have changed, because many of those people that were, were riotous, if you will, back in the 60s, are now, many of those are now the professors in very high places in the colleges of today. And they still brought that radical, ungodly agenda with them, but now they're in the college, at the college level. When I was in school, and I could see it evolving right before me, when I was in college, we welcomed debate. You're able to stand up in class, and if you had a differing opi- opinion, boy, it was really, man, it was like adrenaline in the system. We got up and we counted each other, and, and sometimes we may have raised our voices, but boy, it was a good class, it was a good class. But now, with Satan just very subtle manner here, just taking over the worldly system and those that are unbelievers, what has happened in the colleges today, if you disbelieve or if you do not agree with the established thought process or the collective thinking, there's no longer debate. The only thing is if you don't think like me, I hate you, therefore you are attacking me. And the result is violence. The result is violence. You can see what's going on in the newspapers. You don't have to be any one side of the political corner, not just look and look at, look at human nature. Look what's, what's playing out in our society. Look at, look at the senseless crimes. And you would think that many times if people got together and prayed, that would be the answer. But many times if you even talk about praying in a community or in a group, you'll get laughed at, you'll get pushed out, or you'll be saying, you know, they look at you like you're crazy because that is not popular of today. So when the Word of God says that Satan is the God of this world, yes, he is. He's the God of the unbelieving world and is trying to rise up even more and more and more. So he tries to keep us off course. So talking about staying the course and a godly course versus versus a demonic course. We look at Genesis two and we start with uh, verse number 15. And you know the story here, but let's go through and unpack it Um 2, 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden, Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat, freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So there was the course. That was the course that was set for Adam and Eve right there. It says you shall not eat of that tree because the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Okay, so the course was set. I see that tree every day. I'm going to walk away from it because I'm not going to eat of it because God said if I eat of it, I'm going to surely die. So my course in life is to tend this garden, but that particular tree, I'm going to stay away from it. So my course is set. God's expectation of me is to simply stay the course. But then we see what happens if you go to Genesis 3. Let's flip a couple of pages here and go to Genesis 3. And we see in Genesis three, starting with verse number one. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, half God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So he's saying, look at that course that God set you on. And he's starting to plant some doubt there. You see that. Did he not say that? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. There's the lie. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Course number two, set. Course number two set. God gave a course direction here. He said, you shall not eat of that tree. Stay the course. The devil comes along and says, will you really die? Will you really die? Will you die? God says to you, you're healed. Satan comes in and says, you see what that doctor's report said? You See what that doctor's report said? See, The devil is subtle. The devil is subtle. If you go to Matthew 14... Go to the book of Matthew. See, if we go through our lives with these courses that God has set, not only long term, but, but, but from day to day and from moment to moment, we go, we go through our day and God has a course set for us. And how often do we let the devil come along and take us off course to get our eyes off of the course that God set us on? We need to stay the course. Matthew 14, let's go to uh, verse number 22. Verse 22. Now, you know this, this, the background here, too. Uh, as background, the, Jesus got through feeding the 5,000, uh, um, and they had finished eating, and he said to, to them to go to the other side of the lake, the, 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 the lake, the, the water, and uh, I'll meet you on the other side. So, 22, it says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship, and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Now he told them, go to the other side, I'll meet you there. He didn't say maybe, he says, I'll just go to the other side. He didn't say maybe you'll get there, maybe you'll be okay, he said go to the other side. 23. And when he had seen the multitudes away, when he sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. Come. He said, come. He said, come. And when Peter was down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched, uh, stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Wherefore didst thou doubt? When Jesus told Peter to come. That was the course. That was the course that Jesus said. He said, come to me, which means step out of the boat. In the first place, he had told him, like I said, to go to the other side. You you know, he didn't say maybe you'll get. He said, go there, meaning that you will get there. See, but right away they get into this fear. But then Jesus gives Peter a direct course setting. Come to me. So Peter decides to, okay, I'm going to start out on this course. Jesus said, come to him. But then all of a sudden, he's on God's course. But then what happens here, the devil sends a distraction, sends this storm with the wind and the waves and the clouds. And I don't know if it doesn't say lightning, but I imagine there was a big old storm. And then all of a sudden, he realizes that he's walking on this water, which man can't do. I can't do that. So the course, the directive that Jesus gave him, all of a sudden, Satan gave him a secondary course. He didn't stay the course. He took his eyes off of Jesus. He took his eyes off of the promise, the the, the, the mandate. He said, come. Jesus didn't say to Peter, come and take your chances. Maybe you'll reach me. He said, come. That was the course. Satan introduced the secondary. And when that secondary was introduced, what happened? He started sinking. It was the godly direction given to Peter, but then that course was presented in the form of the storm. which took his eyes off of Jesus. God says, with Jesus' stripes, you are healed. But as I said before, what the devil says, look at that doctor's report. You're looking at a secondary course. God's word is keeping you on course toward healing, but the devil wants to keep you off course by not believing God's word. you got to stay the course. you got to stay the course. If you go to Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, and we're going to go to verse number 11. Verse number 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall, uh, you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. When you search for me with all your heart. So God has said to you right there, he says, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, things that are good. So God has given you a course right there saying that God has good things in plan for me. That means that no matter what it is that I think I'm lacking right now, whatever it is I think that I need, God has a plan for me. And we all know from experience and from trusting God that if God has a plan or a course for us, it's going to be a good thing. We know that. We know that. At least we know it intellectually, but do we know it deep in our hearts? Do you believe it deep in your spirit? God says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And then you shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I'll hearken unto you. So, again, he's giving you that course to say, If you pray to me, I'll hearken. I will listen to you. So, again, God has told you all of these things. All right, you see? But the devil, though, he comes along and he puts you on another course. He says you're a failure. You're a failure. You're not going to succeed. You're You're going to pray to this God, and this God is not going to hear you. Why should he hear you? Look at what you're doing. Look at what you've done. Look at what you're believing deep down in your heart. Look at the last time that you prayed. When was the last time that you read your Bible? When, 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 when? All of these accusations, the devil takes you off of God's course and gets you onto this other course so that you're traveling down that way. Okay? All right? Can you imagine if you were just walking from here to that door? God said, walk to that door. And you start walking to that door. And then in the meantime, as you're walking, Brother Ian over here comes up on your left side and starts pulling you to your left. Pulling you. Come on. Go this way. Go this way. Go this way. And you're going to the door. But then all of a sudden he pulls out a, a sweet drink or something that you really like, a little shiny thing that's more appealing to you. All of a sudden you, you lose sight of that course to that door and you start following Brother Ian with that shiny thing. That's what happens in our lives. God made a promise to you. God set you on a particular course, but then you let the devil come into your life to negate, to negate the course that God gave you and take you someplace else. He wants to hit you with all sorts of worries. Go to Matthew 11. Matthew 11. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Matthew 11, verse 28. Well, this scripture seems to be coming up a lot lately. It seems like we've talked about this scripture in various places over the last couple of weeks. But come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So here you see God has given you a course. He's telling you all you have to do is to come unto him. You've got a burden, something that you're worrying about. All you have to do is to bring it to him. And he said that I will give you rest. You see, okay? So you've got that course, and you feel good about it. You've got this course set in your heart. I know now that if I worry, if I got a problem, I'm going to bring it to the Lord and I'll take Jesus yoke upon me and and everything will be good. In the meantime, though, while you're focusing on that, the devil comes away and gives, gives you a second course. Are you sure if you go to Jesus, he's going to be there? Are you sure he wants to even hear from you? How can you believe a scripture that says, that says you know, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest? What assurances do you have of that? Are you really going to be able to get some peace? So all of a sudden, that course that you had set in your spirit, deep in your mind, and you were, were determined to hang on to that and not to start worrying. All of a sudden, the devil puts this course of failure, of doubt in your mind so that you start drifting away from it. Here you go again. You didn't stay on course. You didn't stay on course. Okay? And these things pop up in our lives so often in, in a heartbeat so that you don't even realize it. You know, something you're praying for, something that you're hoping for, something that seems right now to be so distant. The word, God, the, word, the word of God has told you through his word and in prayer, you've heard Holy Spirit tell you, this is what I'm going to do. This is what's going to materialize, Okay. But because of the fact that the scripture keeps popping up, that I walk by faith and not by sight, and you're marching on that course, the devil all of a sudden will say, well, yeah, but you can't see it. What do you mean this faith thing? Look at what's happening. Look what didn't happen. Just where you thought you were going to arrive at this particular place in life or achieve this particular thing, it didn't turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out. The devil says, see, I told you. And so then, right, what happens? You're off course again. You've got to stay the course regardless of what is going on around you, regardless of what the seas of life may seem like. Again, have that mind, of, that picture in your mind of Peter walking on the water when Jesus said to come. That is no less real, or, or, or what's going on in, you, in your life is no less real than what Jesus said to Peter. When Jesus, Jesus told Peter to come, God is saying to you today that the things that you're hoping for, that you're praying for, Jesus is saying to come, to come unto him and to give it to him and seek his advice and his help. And he will bring you to that to that end. He'll bring you there if you just trust in him and stay the course. If you trust in him and stay the course, don't look around you. Don't look at the boisterous seas and the waves and the clouds that's going on. Don't let the devil present a secondary course, because if you follow that course, you're going to get into despair. You'll sink the same way Peter does. And that's exactly what the devil wants to do in your life. Eve, will you surely die? God said, don't eat of that tree. Will you surely die? It'll be okay if you eat of that tree. All right? you See? See? And that's what the devil does in your life. The things that don't materialize for you right away, you, you, you lose sight of what Jesus said about come unto me. Why are you worrying about it? Why are you burdened down with it? You see? Okay, And the devil takes you off Jesus' course of what he just said there. He will take you that this course. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. That's a course. That's a course direction, a course setting to come to Jesus, to give him your burden. You take up his yoke because his yoke is easy. But the devil is telling you, that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. How are you going to get rid of that burden? How are you going to really stop... You know, stop carrying and trying to figure out yourself how you're going to do it. So he's got you off course, but you've got to stay the course. You've got to stay the course. Go to Philippians four. Praise the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Philippians four, four nineteen. Okay, it's 419. 419. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All right, there it is. What's the course there? The course is God's going to supply my need. Why am I worried about the mortgage? Why am I worried about the rent? Why am I worried about food? Why am I worrying about clothes for the kids? Why am I worrying about a car? Why am I worrying about a bigger house where I have more space? Why am I worrying about that? God said, I'll supply all my needs. That's your course setting. That's your course setting. That's your course setting right there, okay? The devil, getting you off course, says, You're not going to have money in time to pay that bill. You're not going to be able to get that job. You're not going to be able to get that bigger house. You're not going. To, you're not going. To, you're not going. To. All of the things that you need, God knows you have a need of it. God knows you need food on the table. God knows that you have bills to pay. Okay. And 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 God says here, Your course setting is, My God shall supply all of my needs. So that's your course setting. You've got to stay on that course. Don't so let the devil get in there and say, How is that going to happen? It doesn't make sense, you know, I don't have this, I don't have that, so therefore, if I don't have this, and I don't have that, how is that going to happen? Well, that's that off-the-course thing, because you start questioning God, you see? And it happens in a heartbeat. It happens in a nanosecond. When something presents itself into your life that wasn't there before, that throws you off-kilter, and you start worrying. The minute you start worrying, the minute you start feeling anxiety, the minute you start feeling worry, that is, it is that's that's the red light. That's the red light right there. Uh Uh-oh, I'm getting off course. I'm getting off course, you know. I remember going up to the captain's, um, to the, uh, to the cabin there where, you know, they let you kind of tour and go up to the captain's, uh, Tower, whatever you call it, there where he's on the ship there, and they're driving it and things like that, and 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 looking at all the gauges and whatnot. And there's a dog device in there that if that ship ship goes off course, the red light goes on and bells and so forth like that, and the thing self self corrects. So you should get a mental picture in your spirit that when you start getting off course, and the indicator there is not a red, red light, but that red light should be when you start worrying and you start feeling frustrated and you're starting to lose sleep over something, that means you're getting off course. That means you're getting off course. That means that you've got to remember that my God shall supply all my needs. That means that getting off course. God said that with Jesus' stripes I am healed. God said that I have not been given a spirit of fear. So, therefore, anything here that tries to put fear into my life, I'm getting off course. I need to get back on course and stay that course, because God said, God said, God said, God said. You've got to stay the course. The devil tells you so many things in your life, and if you're not very careful, you wind up believing what he's saying instead of staying the course and, and focusing on what God has told you to do. Let's go to John 14. Praise the living God. John 14. John fourteen. Okay, Uh, and let's just go to uh, go to verse twenty five. Matter of fact, I'm sorry, let's back up to 22. 22. Judas saith, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. There's a course right there. If a man loves me, he will keep my words. There's a course setting right there. Verse 24: He that loves me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which he hears, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. If you highlight verse number 26 here, there's a course setting, a course setting. The the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, uh, whatsoever I have said unto you. There's a course direction right there. God's going to send his Holy Spirit to you. You have his Holy Spirit. So when things in your life are not going, not going right, the first thing you should remember that I have Holy Spirit. You see, you see, the thing that we Christians forget, and we will recall it if we're in a Bible study class or if we're in church and the minister is talking about it, you know, or you hear someone on a televangelist or whatever, you, you, you will remember that I am not alone. I have the Holy Spirit. So the course that you have right there, the direction is that if something is going on in your life, first of all, you have the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that he was going to send a comforter. So if you're feeling distressed about something, that red light should start going off in your spirit, telling you, "Uh oh, I'm getting off course. I'm straying off course here. And you should bring yourself right back on course. Remember what the word of God says. Wait, I'm not in this by myself. I don't have to be sitting here struggling about this job, struggling about the house, worrying about this and the kids and that or whatever's going on. A family member that's driving me nuts. I don't have to deal with this by myself. I've got Holy Spirit here. Why? Because that's the course. That's the course setting. That's the direction that God gave you. The opposite course of that, going in the other direction, is the devil saying, see, you're all doing this all by yourself. God's not alone, not around you. How are you going to figure this out? You're all alone in this. How are you going to figure you it don't, You don't have the wherewithal to do it, to think about it. You don't have the intelligence. You don't have the qualifications. You're just going to muddle through this, and you're going to wind up failing. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. But God said that you're not, you're not in this by yourself. He said, I'm going to send you, send you a comforter. Then he goes on to say in verse number 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you underline that, that is a course. That's a course. Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. That's a course. That's a course setting right there. Do not let your heart be troubled. But in the meantime, what will the devil do? The devil will plant all sorts of thoughts in your mind to make you think that you are alone and that you're going to fail, that you're not going to succeed. Don't be worried. Do not let yourself be burdened down. You have the peace of God. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. This is not the same kind of peace that the world gives you, which is is a a, a transitory thing, a, a, a temporary kind of peace. A temporary kind of peace, you know. Something that you're really, really wrestling with are, um, you know, all of a sudden are uh, uh, something on the job here that's really troubling you, let's just say. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, 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 you get a, it, it snows real hard. Okay, and all of a sudden the streets close down because the snow is so heavy and you don't have to go to work that particular day. And you feel at peace. But guess what? The next day the streets are open again and you got to go to, you got to go to work. That peace all of a sudden disappears because now I got to go to work see, so that's a temporary peace. you got respite. you got, you, you got some time off for one day. What pe- the peace that Jesus is talking about here is my, the, the peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. So that means the peace that God can give you, that Jesus is talking about, is an everlasting peace. It's, it, it, it's, a, uh, it's an all-encompassing peace where you know that no matter what happens, that God's going to take care of it. You see, so that's a course setting right there that I have the peace of the Lord in my life. And you've got to stay on course. You've got to keep remembering that because the minute that the devil presents you with a different one, that's when everything is going to start falling apart. He says that he's leaving a gift, peace of mind. In order to 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 be to not to be off course, we must remember that God is our source, that God is our source for accomplishing, accomplishing, keeping our head in heavenly places. We must keep focus on Jesus as Peter started out to do, but then didn't then failed by looking off course, going off course. God is the course order for every good thing. Don't let yourself be drawn away by a second course. You've got to stay on course. A couple of more verses here before we close. Let's go to James one book of James. Praise the living God. James one James one seventeen. Here's a very easy course to think about and to stay on. seventeen every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of Lights, with whom is no variableness. Neither shadow of turning. Okay? Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every single thing that is good comes from God. Everything. And if you are a child of God here, the course setting here for you to remember is that as a child of God, every good thing is going to come down from Him. So when the devil starts getting in there, trying to present to you a secondary course, how you're going to fail, things are not going to work out, you're not worthy. You didn't pray enough. You didn't read the Bible enough. You didn't say the right scriptures. You didn't remember, memorize the right scriptures. Remember that everything good comes from God. And if you are a child of God, God says that he will bless you and he'll keep you. That's the course setting. So you've got to stay the course. Okay, we've got to be careful of what is going on around us, and let us not get caught up in the world of unbelievers. Because the unbelievers' world is is is, is rife; it's filled with the things of the devil, the, the things of Satan. Everything that will, will will aim will aim at aim at you to keep you off base, to keep you off course, to make you think that there is no doubt, there there, there is no God. Okay, there's not a shadow of doubt in my mind, in in my spirit, in any atom of my being that wherever this country is going, God is in charge. God is in charge. So the little silliness that we see, that we see on the TV, that we read in the newspapers... While it may get you riled up at some of the ungodly things that we are that we are going through, this country is being led through. And if you look at geographically, in certain pockets of the country, it's worse than others. But you see the things that's going on. There's no doubt in my mind, in every single atom, molecule of my being, that God is in charge, and every good thing will come that comes. It comes from Him. And that I and my family, that we shall be protected, that we shall continue to prosper, that God will have us to do that what he's called us to do. I will not let myself be taken off course. I will not. And I, like anyone else, there are times when all of a sudden the devil tries to get in there and sow a seed of doubt. But that red light telling me that I'm getting off course starts going off. And the minute I do, I get back and correct the course and remember what the promises of God says. Remember what the course that God has set me on. Instead of giving up and letting, letting the ways of the world just fill me up and fill me with doubt. You see, there's no tomorrow promise to any of us. None whatsoever. The promise for tomorrow is not, is not there for, for any of us. We never know what tomorrow is going to bring or this afternoon is going to bring. That's why it's so important for us to stay on course with God. Because during the time, in between the time that now and tomorrow comes, we don't know what things may be coming up that may try to oppose us, that may try to throw us off course, that may try to get us disappointed, may try to get us hurt and worried about something. So we've got to stay on course. Remember what God had said, I will give you my peace. I will give you my peace. So I know that no matter where this country is headed, where this geographical region is headed, where the state is headed, God is going to overcome all the evil of the devil and the things that I see being sowed, being sown out there that are so against the word of God. You see, you see, you see? You got to stay on course. we got to stay on course with our children where our children are concerned. We've got to stay on course where they are in school and where the school system is going. We've got to stay on course relative to the word of God and to be on our P's and Q's, to be on our guard, on our guard when the God of this world, the devil himself comes in and starts saying, oh, it's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. When the devil gets in there and starts perverting and twisting scripture around so that you let someone talk to you long enough in quoting scripture, all of a sudden it'll start sounding like it's true because they can take the word of God and twist it around to make, to to make, to make murder acceptable. Oh, there's murder in the Bible. Oh, there's killing in the Bible. There's this in the Bible. There's this in the Bible. So you see, so it's okay for us today to do this. This is what I see happening out there more and more and more. And I see the course being, being a secondary course thrown up before Christians even, where Christians are deviating from the Word of God. You've got to know the Word of God for yourself so that you can stay on course. Don't let that secondary course be presented to you. None whatsoever. The last scripture here is Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6, praise the living God, Matthew 6, and we know these scriptures very well, stay on course, 625. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat and what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? There's a course. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. There's a direction given to you right there. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Nor uh, uh, no, yet for your body, what shall you put on? Or worry about your clothes? Is not the life more than meat? Is not life more important than those things? And the body, than, and the body than raiment or clothing? Look at the fowls of the air, verse 26. For they don't sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? <coughs> There's a course. God is saying, Aren't you much better than the fowls of the air? <coughs> There's a direction. Where we need to stay on course and remember that, well, gee whiz, if, I'm, if, if, if I am much better in God's eyes than the ravens or the birds in air and gee whiz, and he feeds them, then how much more is he going to care for and feed me? Now, feeding me, of course, goes far beyond meals. Far, feeding me means every single thing that you need in this life. God is going to supply all of your needs. That's a course setting. The devil will put that secondary course again and make you start doubting that. Where am I going to get this from? How am I going to accomplish this? 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? Which of you, by worrying about these things, can make yourself taller? If that was the case, I'd be six foot three by now. (laughs) Amen. 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 Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought uh, for raiment or clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. The interesting there, it says, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. You know, these are the unbelievers. They worry about the things like, like money and where is this going to come from and that's going to come from. All right? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There's a course setting for you. Seek you first the kingdom of God. You start getting off course. You remember, okay, I've got to go seeking God. And what did God say? What did we read a few minutes ago there? God said, if you seek, you shall find me. If you seek, you shall find me. Okay? You see, the, 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 the biggest off course thing that the devil can do is to make us start thinking that God doesn't care. Or that God is not there for us. or That God is not going to hear you. That's the biggest off-course setter that the devil has, and he uses it so much because he plays on our faith. He plays on that little bit of, of doubt, that little bit of unbelief, okay? You know, you'll hear someone else say, well, this is what I do, and I'm a Christian. This is what I do, and I'm a child of God. But yet, still so the things that you see them doing and the things that you hear them saying is not in line with what you know is meant by the Word of God. So what do you do? So what do you do? Very, very simple. What did the devil say to Eve? He said, oh, will you surely die? Well, if you know that, you know that, you know that, you know what God is saying in his word. If you know that, you know that, you know what the word of God is saying and what it means. Then you won't go by secondary things that other people are trying to tell you. That other Christians are are trying. There are so many things that have found its way into Christianity these days that it just, it it, it blows my mind. When I hear some of the things that other Christians say are acceptable, it just blows my mind. Where the word of God doesn't say that at all. Well, I'm a Christian and I do this. I'm a Christian. And I don't do this. Well, the word of God says you should and the word of God says you shouldn't. As simple as that. Oh, well, there's an explanation for that. And then they go and they read some scripture that is entirely out of line with what the scripture is really saying. So don't let people interpret the word of God for you. Don't let people, other Christians, come back and interpret the word of God because I say to you today, and it's a terrible thing to say. But not all Christians that try to interpret the word of God to you are really deep in their hearts. Christians, because the word Christian means a Christ follower, a follower of Christ. So if you are a follower of Christ, how can you do and allow some of the things in your life that you're allowing into your life and you're supposed to be a follower of Christ? How can you call yourself a Christian? As simple as that, you know, it's not a big debate to me. The word of God says this. Oh, you believe the word of God literally. Duh. Yes, I do. Oh, you believe that what the Word of God said that's exactly what God meant? Duh, yes, I do. Because the minute you start putting man's rationalization in it, the minute you start putting man's excuses, because what man has a good tendency to do is they want the Bible to bear out their life. They want the Bible to bear out the imperfections in their lives so that they can continue doing the imperfections that they want to do. Okay? They're trying to bring God down to fit into man's view of Christianity. <clears throat> instead of us trying to strive to do what God is telling us to do via Christianity, okay? They want to change the words of God and all of a sudden rule to say, well, you know, meatless, are uh, uh, whereas, remember at one time you couldn't eat meat on Fridays? Well, guess what? We had a meeting and we decided now that the Bible says that you can eat meat on Fridays. So if God had originally said that you can't eat meat on Fridays, then who are you all of a sudden have a meeting to turn around and say, well, now you can eat meat on Fridays, okay? And we see the Word of God being changed if you follow what's happening in the world and you see what's going on, what all of a sudden is being decreed as as acceptable. Okay, you can't rewrite the Word of God. I don't care whose lifestyle you're trying to satisfy. I don't know whose belief system you're trying to satisfy. You cannot change what the Word of God... And the Word of God warns you about doing that, as a matter of fact. It says back there in Revelation, Whosoever so change one jot or one tittle of this Word... OK, so you can't go doing that. So you've got to know what the word of God is saying so that you can remain on course so that you are not so easily set off course. The last scripture there says, um, or thirty, reading from 33 again, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for, for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough going on. You know, you know let today take care of itself. Okay? You know, take no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So you've got enough here today to be thinking about, to be praying about, to maybe be binding up, to maybe be loosing. To maybe staying back on course today than for you worrying about tomorrow. Okay, so that's another course direction. But what would the devil do? This is Sunday. Tomorrow's Monday morning. Back to work. Okay, and it's always the thing. Oh boy, tomorrow's Monday. Back to work. And then you lay there in your bed thinking about Monday morning and what I gotta do, who I gotta see, and what's gonna happen. Oh boy, I got this meeting, or so and so's gonna come into the office and start talking this nonsense again. Oh boy, and you're worried about Monday morning. Deal with Sunday, okay? Deal with Sunday. There's plenty in Sunday for you to deal with. Don't be worrying about Monday morning, okay? So many times people in the workplace, when I was in the workplace, on a Monday morning, oh, how you doing? Oh, it's Monday. Oh, it's Monday. Would you feel different if it was Tuesday or Wednesday? People with that kind of attitude say, how are you today? And it's the same answer on Tuesday. How are you today on Wednesday? It's the same answer. On Thursday, it's the Friday. Maybe on Friday, maybe a little cheered up because it's the end of the week. Maybe. Okay. But you see someone that's like that every single day is a lousy day. God says "Is is don't worry about tomorrow. Okay. Again, that's another direction. That's another course. Stay on that course. Don't let the devil take you off course by making you worrying about tomorrow. Okay. you see, so as we look through our lives and as we look through scriptures and as you think about it, there are more things in our lives where God has given us a course, where God has set you on course. It gets more um, it gets more specific in terms of when you are praying for a specific action in your life, when you're praying for a, a specific end for something in your life. Okay, be it it dealing with your your career, financial matters, or um, illness in the family, or whatever it may be, whatever that's going on. It gets more specific when you are praying for something that is indeed more specific. When you're praying for specifics in life, God will indeed set you on a course. He will give you a course. He'll give you a course. And he will say to you, for instance, I'm going to get you to the Bahamas. To use my cruise ship analogy, you're going to the Bahamas. He will say to you, don't worry about every single little turn or every single little stop. Don't worry about the waves. I'm going to get you to the Bahamas. That's your course. For you to get to the Bahamas, this is what I want you to do. I want you to show up at the dock, have your bags packed, have your passport ready to do this and to do that, to do that. You just do that. I'm going to get you to the Bahamas. And then you stay on course. Don't let somebody, don't let Jimmy John call you up on the phone and say, oh, gee, guess what, man? Oh, boy, oh, boy, man. There's a thing happening down at the so-and-so, man, or something going on in Portland, boy. Man, it's going to be a good time. I think I'll, th- you want to go? You want to go? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go. What about what happened to the Bahamas? All of a sudden, you decide to get off course and you want to go up to Portland to this to this big shindig. Okay. Everything that is important to you in your life, specific things, God will set, you, set a course for you. All you have to do is to remember what God said. God said, I'm going to get you, quote, to the Bahamas. And remember that. And that's where you keep your eyes fixed. That's where you keep your spirit fixed. That's where you keep your, your prayers fixed. And don't let the devil come in and tell you anything other than that. Don't let the devil get you, get you off course to think about other things. Don't let the devil get in there and say, oh, will you really get to the Bahamas because God said that? Will he really get you there? Okay? Will you really die? Will you really achieve that? Will you really succeed? Don't go for that. You stay on the course. Praise God. Praise God. I hope that this message message was a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.